Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast, and this is episode 63. And today we're going to be continuing on our series on nuns and duns. What happens when someone really desires to experience God and believes they've tried everything? Today's story asks those questions. Let's do this. Hey everyone, thank you guys so much for joining us today on our conversation. We are continuing on our series, focusing on stories of those who have gone in different directions in terms of religious affiliation or have left religious affiliation, and just hear out their stories and to kind of see where they're at in their lives. And so we're really glad that we have a special guest joining us today. As always, Bernard is here. Bernard, what's going on? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. And our special guest is Dan, all the way from across the country. Dan, what's going on? How are you doing? Yo, what's up? Really happy to be here. Thanks for letting me join your show. No, man. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. It's really an honor to spend time to just hear your story and to hear your journey as well. Just off the top of the bat, you know, we are still in COVID-tide pandemic season, whatever we want to call it. What is one way in which you have coped through this season? Probably I haven't, and that's why <laughs> That's honest. Funniest thing was I was working on getting my home gym together, like right before the pandemic, just, just for me. And I was waffling about ordering this workout bench. Yeah. And I just waited like, just like that few days too long. And then they were all gone. And I, mm. like, I literally just picked it up like a week or two ago. And I'm like, I had to wait, what, like six, seven, eight months for that. So wow. Sick. Really? Six, I hear, seven, I hear eight that. months. The gym equipments are it's going ridiculous. like crazy. Yeah. If I had just made that decision, I would have been so much happier. Oh. Let's say Levy. But now Was you got it, it, right? You got it. So no, got you finally it. got it. Now it's like, let's get to it. You know, you got the bench at home. It's great. Like, yeah, you know, suckers, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I you know what? Gym equipment. You know, I never even thought of that because you know, I heard stories of people buying out toilet paper, you know, or they buy things like like you know, uh, webcams and such like that. That makes sense for working from home or kind of like, you know, for school or whatever. But like workout equipment, I never thought about it. You know, it totally makes sense that people want to be like, we can't go to the gym. We need to work out from home. Yeah, I mean, if you work out, then, you know, it's just, it's brutal. Oh, yes. Your life I, is basically upended. Yes. I haven't been at to the gym since the, the shutdown. <laughs> and I've been trying to keep up with circuits using like body strength stuff. But yeah, it's it, we. I get tired of it. <laughs> All right, so jumping into kind of what we're talking about today, Dan, you're joining us to share a little bit of your story and what that journey has looked like. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and you know talk about a little bit about you know what has been your background in terms of religious affiliation or experiences and such. We'd love to hear your story. Yeah, so this is weird sharing this. So I I was kind of. Born into a Christian family, kind of like my mom went to church. So I, was, I went to church from an early age, basically as far back as I can remember. And we moved to Canada, or we moved back to Canada, I should say, around grade five-ish. And so that's when I started going to church. And I think it was like grade something, grade nine or something like that. I went to like Christian summer camp, right? And then that's when I got super excited about God. 
I learned the guitar so I could do praise and worship. I, I literally spent like a year or like a year and a half, like every day I would play the guitar, like just, just so I could like learn how to praise and worship. I think there was a lot of other things in my life at the same time. And, you know, the kind of person I am where like knowing truth became really important to me. And so I was like pursuing that really hard. And, you know, there's like lots of ups and downs along the journey. And I don't want to like sound like I'm like boasting or anything. I just, I really just want to say, you know, I was taking this really seriously. Like, I don't know that many other kids that decide to read the Bible, like actually read the entire Bible. And I, I did that three times. Okay, I read like three different translations because I really wanted to know like who God was and experience God and all that stuff. And again, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I did this and I did that. The other thing, like, I just really want to say, hey, I really tried man. like along the journey, you know, tried fasting. Obviously, I'm not like huge on fasting. I don't know anyone who is, <laughs> but I tried that, you know, <laughs> praying, <laughs> praying, went to lots of summer camps and stuff and on missions trips you know, along the way, kind of like restarting with God a few times, just because whatever I was doing wasn't working or I wasn't, you know, feeling like I was really connecting with him. We had a really good university group, uh, ACF at Western, and just a lot of pursuing God throughout my life. And I think consistently like getting into the more charismatic sphere as, as I went along. So originally, I think my mom just, we went to live churches and then Started going a little bit more charismatic in university and really getting more plugged into that sphere. And I think for, for me, it, it's it's more of like, hey, like other people are experiencing God. Like I have this like deep need to experience him. So I'm like, I'm willing to try whatever it is. Like might be outside my comfort zone, right? Coming from like an Alliance church. And you're like, oh, these people like doing all this weird stuff. And for me, it wasn't like- They're dancing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm drawn to that. Like, I actually really enjoy it. It's just that I was just open to whatever, right? Like, I was, I was always like, you know what? If I can experience God, I'll give it a shot, right? Because the promises are so amazing. You're like, well, I have to. <laughs> so I, I basically did that for my my adult life, right? Like from like from like ten to thirty something, and. At the end of the day, I look back and I feel like, you know, I never really experienced it. Like I did all the right things. And it's not even like I did all the right things. It's like I wanted to. Like I I really tried hard. Like I really wanted to know who God was. I really wanted to connect with him. I really wanted to know this person that everyone was talking about um, and experience that love and peace and companionship and all that. And like just knowing your creator, you know, the list goes on. And like Life for me was really hard. So I wouldn't say that this is a story that's super applicable to everyone just because my, my childhood was kind of rough in terms of like, just parents aren't great sometimes. <laughs> it really affected me and, you know, kind of suffering with like depression and mental health issues for like my entire life. So that made it extra hard. And so, you know, searching for God was a big part of that because like, God, there's so much pain in my life. Like it really hurt. Like it really hurts. Like this is crazy. And you know, rolling around at 30, I've, I've tried everything. I, I still, I'm so confused about my life. Like, I don't know what is happening. I hate my life. I hate what I'm doing. Maybe sometimes I hate myself and I just don't feel anything from God, you know? And so there reached that point where I was like, okay, I got to just not go to church for a bit and step back. And I think after I took that break, 
I think there just comes that point where, when you have to take a look at your life and what you believe in and say, Hey, like, you know, God has not said one word to me that I can hear. I, I just, I look back and I just, I don't see you God at all. And I just have to like weigh the evidence of my experience and see what it says. And it basically says that either a God doesn't exist. B God exists. And he's a really mean person. See, he does exist and he and he is loving, but just not for you or, you know, and then there's the D's and F's and very low on the list was there's a loving God who really cares about you. And he is what everyone says, because, you know, as a human being, if you say God's good, if you say if you describe him in certain ways, like those words mean something. And if that doesn't happen in your life. Like that means something. You can't just brush that aside and say, well, maybe I don't understand what good means. Because if that's the case, then why would you use the word good to describe God? Like use a different word, right? So I spent the last five years of my life basically struggling through that and struggling with that loss. Not I want to say loss of faith, but just that journey of having to ironically learn what it means to die to yourself. <laughs> like after I left, right? It's kind of funny. Because I had to restart. I had to, and this again probably isn't applicable to everyone, but just like with depression and all sorts of like other mental health issues, I just really had to say, hey, like, you know, whatever you're doing, man, it's not working. You can either keep going and keep continue suffering, you can end it, or you can change. And change means a lot of like kind of dying to yourself, right? A lot of reexaminations and deep introspections. And so I chose that route because. I'm married and other people love me and I feel bad if I, if I kind of push the eject button, even though, you know, I admittedly, I, I really want to, and I don't really see life that positively, but in, in terms of faith, it's hard. I mean, imagine being like 30 and then just blowing up your faith, right? <laughs> like you have to restart. Like it's a long process of grieving for a lot of things. You know, you're kicking yourself that, you know, you spent all this time, effort, blood, money, tears, you're investing into something that to you isn't real anymore. Like you spent 20 years of your life on that. Like you could have been partying or like doing something else. And instead you're reading the Bible and like trying to be a good person. And you know, what did that get you? Not saying that I want to be an asshole or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then there's that loss of community from the church. And then there's just that loss of like feeling like you belong to something or that that hope that you're clinging on to, and which is probably a really big reason why people believe in religion is, you know, it's, it's very comforting. It, it provides a sense of meaning and purpose. And so letting that go is hard. And it's not something that I, I think anyone wants to do. But for me, it's like confronted with the silence, confronted with all the evidence that suggests that he doesn't love me. I just, I couldn't just sit there and take it anymore. I had to be like, mm-hmm. all right, God, like, hey, man, like, if you're real, you got to, you got to show me something, man. Like you can't just be an abusive father and not talk to me at all. Like, this is ridiculous. And nobody showed up. So that's, yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. I've spent the last five years resetting and trying to learn how to live life in a positive way. And again, for me, it's really hard because I'm not, life, life is, life is hard. So I don't really view it super positively. So I'm just trying to like, do my best to develop more positive habits and ways of uh, handling life and stress. Yeah. 
I mean, it's so honest and so real. And, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, inviting us to, you know, like this, this narrative that you've gone through and the tensions that you've worked through. Yeah. I, I just really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, And it's heavy stuff. Yeah, I know. Uh, sorry to jump into this, but I, I know, like, you know, we were talking about this before the podcast, about kind of like challenging modern Christianity. And, and I think that for me, it's important to, to tell these stories because it's important because, you know, if you're going to say that God is good and you're going to describe him as all these amazing things and you don't have an answer for all these people that really try, like really putting their life, they're really doing, you know, all the, I don't wanna, I hate that saying like all the right things or whatever, but they're just genuinely pursuing after God and they don't experience him. Like if you don't have an answer for that, I just, it feels so like you're just ignoring something that's like real and true, you know? And it's kind of like, I hate to bring up the politics, but it's really, it's like Donald Trump level, right? It's like Donald Trump supporter level where it's like, I refuse to accept any evidence that God might not exist or that God might be a certain way because it doesn't align with my beliefs. And I just need to quote unquote, have faith. I'm just going to put it in the faith black box. And for me, it's so offensive as a human being to do that because you're basically saying, hey, like, I don't care what you say. You can say whatever you want. There's nothing that's going to make me change my mind or like reevaluate my beliefs. And that's nuts. Like that's blind faith, right? And that to me, like that makes no sense. It's crazy that you would base your life on that kind of like epistemology of like, that's just how I'm going to approach the world from now on. I'm never going to allow any other new pieces of information to like, to affect what I believe in. And so I think from there comes a lot of really bad answers that church has for people like me. It's like, you didn't try hard enough. Did you try this? Did you try that? Have you prayed? It's like, holy crap, dude. Like, there's nothing I can say to these people where they're going to say, oh, holy crap, you did try a lot. And you know what? That's a really hard question. I don't have the answer. Now, maybe I should be concerned about it because I'm saying that God is good. And it seems like there's stuff going on where he's not good. And as a human being, like, shouldn't I struggle with that a little bit? Or should I just stick my head in the sand and ignore it? So it's, it's hard to talk about it. Like I, I haven't, it took me a long time to even um, talk to my church community about it. My old church kind of blew up and then long story, but I, I still see a bunch of them because we developed like a really good community there. And I really like love a lot of them. I kind of, jump back to what you were saying earlier about the bad answers that people give. Like, yeah. Ha- has that been kind of the experience that, that you, you feel it's like? Not, it, it's more that like when you're pursuing God and you're asking like, Oh, Hey, like I don't experience him or I don't, you know, like you, you ask me for advice and people will say like, Oh, have you done this? Have you done that? And then you occasionally hear it in sermons, like this person didn't do this. And this is why this happened. And you're like, Holy crap. The amount of like, like ridiculousness in the, those statements it's just it's so arrogant right it's like you don't know this person you don't know their situation and it's like oh they're obviously not a good person that's why these bad things happen right it's like that's not true at all like that makes no sense read your bible it says the rain falls on the rich and or like the you know the good people and the bad people it's like shit happens dude it doesn't mean you're a bad person right and it's just ridiculous the, the stuff that comes out of the pulpit sometimes and so 
there's that feeling like, oh, like I'm not doing good enough. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not like, am I missing something? Is there something I'm doing wrong? And yeah. Has there been like a time where you feel like you can just be utterly honest and not have kind of given the cliche answers and, you know, you got to do more kind of idea? Not in the sense of like, you know, when I was quote unquote Christian, I didn't vocalize it that adversarially. I probably did that when I was like <laughs> in university. I was, that's quite acerbic, but yeah, no, I didn't really talk about it this way. I think just knowing the community, I, I don't expect anything good. I know it sounds terrible to say, but it's not necessarily that it's just Christianity. It's more that, you know, these are big human questions that we've been asking for as long as we probably existed. And there haven't been answered yet, so there probably isn't an answer. And so I don't expect somebody to have an answer. Usually what, I, what I'm trying to do is maybe look for a different viewpoint on the situation. I, I am kind of hesitant to bring it up with people because I don't want to seem like I'm attacking their faith. You know what I mean? Because it can definitely come across that way. And I was definitely more arrogant <laughs> when I was younger. I probably still am, but yeah. No, man, I have to thank you so much for your vulnerability and just your openness and even sharing your story. I can already hear that it has been challenging all along the way and it has had points of of pain. And, you know, as you sought out the truth, as you sought out to understand and experience God and experience your faith in, in kind of a more tangible way, was there an expectation that you did have for you know, your church communities or your fellowships, do you have an expectation beyond just like the cliche answers or the unsatisfactory <laughs> answers that they were kind of giving? What what were you hoping for in terms of how you'd be received as you asked these questions? I think that at the time, I, I wasn't even thinking about it the way I do now. And what I mean is that when I was a Christian, I was more focused on actually experiencing God if that makes any sense. So it wasn't like, Hey, what can you do for me? Or like, yeah, it was very focused on actually experiencing God and not so much like having an answer ready or anything like that, or like expecting Mm. people to, to know Mm. what to say. Although I will say that it is having heard what people do have to say, you just come to not expect really anything good, especially, you know, when people invite or you overhear conversations with people who are trying to proselytize or whatever and just like some of the stuff they say and you're like holy crap like uh, i don't know about this like why are you saying that like holy (laughs) crap man and so yeah i didn't i didn't approach it that way and i i guess i never really had a super deep conversation with with someone just because it's so frustrating right because you know they don't have an answer it it, it almost feels like you're you're just being a, a dick but you're not right? Because you actually want to experience God. And it's it's tough, right? Because even if you talk to pastors and stuff, like, what are they going to say to you, right? Like, they, and, and that's my thing is like, how, how do you even respond as a Christian to people who really try and they don't, they don't experience him? I just feel like, shouldn't that mean something to you? Like, I think it should, right? Like it should, it should. It's like if your wife was like a complete or your, your husband or whatever, just a complete like ass and jerk to this one person, right? You'd be like, what's happening here, <laughs> right? And it, to extend that further, right? Like imagine if Hitler was your friend and Hitler was like the nicest dude to you. And like, he's gassing all these Jewish people in the back room. And you're like, you know what? 
Hitler's such a nice guy to me. Like he hired me. He's giving me this amazing salary, like position of power. Like, I don't know about these Jewish people. I don't know what, what problem they have with him. Right? And it kind of feels the same way, right? Because you're like, guys, like, yeah, I'm not experiencing God. Like, you know, here's all this mean stuff that's happening to people. Here's a whole lot of stories about the pain people experience at church or through God or whatever. And they're just like, what are you talking about, man? Like, God's good all the time, right? Like, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no sense of like, oh, maybe something else is happening here. And it's, it's so hard to, it's so hard to, really broach that subject with people. Did you ever feel that there was anyone that could just sit in that tension with you in terms of just being like, okay, Dan, you're not experiencing God. And you know what? I want to validate your feelings and I want to just sit with you through that and I just want to continue to walk through that but not necessarily try to fix you or try to give you pat answers. I just wondered, like, you know, looking back, is that something that you would have wanted or something that, like, you know, that you would have found helpful rather than just kind of like, oh, like, you know, you're no longer fitting within kind of our framework in terms of our beliefs. And so in that respect, oh, well, I guess if you don't feel the same way, then I don't know what to do. What could it have been like if someone sat with you and just been like, hey, you're not feeling God at all. Let's just let's just sit in it. You know, I kind of hear what you're saying. I, I don't know. And the reason why I say that is, again, I can't speak for anyone else going through the similar circumstances. But for me, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to answer your issue. Like you're not, that doesn't help you experience God. That might help you experience human kindness and, you know, community and support and stuff like that. But it's, it's not going to, in my opinion, like for me, if, even if somebody did that for me, you know, if I didn't experience God at the end of the day, then it really doesn't matter because that, that was the entire point of it was to experience him. And I do think that that's probably more of a positive approach. And I do think that like you do experience some of that because obviously there's some empathetic people at church <laughs> uh, who would probably be willing to, to struggle with you with that. And maybe this is just my like pessimistic, narcissistic, negative viewpoint. But at the end of the day, you know, no one else can live your life for you. Like you're living it. So you're the one who gets up every day and you don't feel God. Like as much as that other person might want to try and help and empathize and all that, like, I'm sorry, but it doesn't really do anything. They're not like literally picking me up and like, like filling me with some kindness or something from God. Like it just, it's not right. So I don't know. I think it's probably a, a more humane and nicer way to go about it than telling people that, Hey, like we can't do anything for you. Although I will say that it's probably better to just say, hey, we can't do anything for you than try and like fill it with like fake platitudes and fake answers. Do you know what I mean? And just like keep that relationship. I'm like, why? Why? You guys, you guys suck. Don't do that. <laughs> it just sounds so disingenuous. It sounds so kind yeah, of it's fraud. Just, you know, just be honest about it. Like, yeah, it's like, you know what? Be real about it and also be a human about it, right? Like, don't be, it's like, you don't experience God. You're not. Do, you're obviously not doing something right. Like, you get out of here if you don't want to get with the program. Um, versus, like, hey, maybe, maybe I should reevaluate my stance on this or my paradigm or perspective on people who don't experience God. Right. So, yeah, it would be nice if that happened. <laughs> you know, humanity in general would be nicer <laughs> if, if that happened more often. But I did want to ask a little bit. You mentioned it a little bit earlier before is that 
you reached a point where you're like, I need to make a decision. I need to make a choice about, you know, am I going to continue to wrestle and struggle and search for this when it's not resonating with me at all? Or do I need to make a decision of making a break, resetting my life? And I want to hear a little bit about like leading up to that decision and kind of making that decision. You know, how was that process for you? How did the people around you respond? You know, what was that like? I remember I was having a tough time at church because I just, you know, you come to that point and I'm like, man, I really put in like everything I got and all these people are like experiencing God and I'm just not. And that combined with like work and everything made me just say, hey, I'm just going to take a break from church for a bit. And so I just talked to a few people about it and I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to take a break. I'll be back, whatever. And I think that period, I honestly don't really remember, but I know that it was, it's that pressure of the cognitive dissonance, right? And it just, it just keeps building, right? It's just going to keep, well, for some people, <laughs> some people don't care, but for me, it's, uh, it's just, you know, it's like year after year. And then it just reaches that point where it's like, just confronts you. And it's like, you can't ignore it anymore, man. Like you, you're going nuts, dude. Right. And then for me, it's a lot tied in with mental health as well, because you know, suffering from depression and whatnot. And it's like, all right, dude, like, honestly, I'm going to like, I'm really going to, like, I need to either, I need to do something because I don't want to continue with this. Like I'm going to end it or I need to do something different. Like I can't stay the same. Right. And so that's really the impetus was just how uncomfortable and painful it was that really forced a decision where I couldn't just follow that mantra of like, you know, just like hold on. And like, I'm like, what am I holding on to? Like what? Right. Like, what am I doing here? Like, Holy crap. Like I'm a mess. And so I made that decision because in my mind, anyways, that's what I saw was like, Hey, I can keep doing this and it's just going to end badly. I can end it now or I can try something else. And so for me, I was like, all right, I got to try something else. I didn't talk to a lot of people about this. I it was something very personal for me because of the way I was brought up to, you know, respect other people's opinions and like listen to your elders and all this other stuff. And then when you're 30, you realize, holy crap, there are a lot of dummies in this world. Why did you give me this advice? People are stupid. They're giving you so much bad advice. Why did I listen to people for so long? And so that was part of me saying, you know what? Nobody knows me better than I know myself. Like I need to take care of myself. Like for once, for actually, like I need to not listen to somebody else about their experience. I think there's that great quote by Mark Twain talking about giving ex advice and how incredibly narcissistic and prideful that is in, in, in a sense. And so, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I need to take all the good stuff that I know that I've learned and really apply it and like work out stuff for myself instead of asking other people because what the heck do they know? And at the end of the day, I'm the person who has to live my life. So I, I totally get where your question is in the sense of like, you know, community, how, how can community help for me? I, unfortunately, I I'm kind of a lone wolf, which really sucks. Like I really wish I could engage with community more, but it's, it's so hard for me because of like that fear of rejection or like, just like being overly sensitive. And like, there's the stuff that I have to work on before I really like deep dive back into community. So, you know, if I was a different kind of person, like what would that look like? I'm not sure because it's so hard. Like, I, I mean, think about it now because so there's a smaller group from my old church when it exploded. And there's a couple that recently, I think like at the start of the year, 
decided to like start a home church. And I, I think I've gone, I've gone a few times and because I miss my friends. And recently they were like, Hey, like, you know, it's been a year. We just, we're just trying to get feedback from you guys. You know, has anybody decided to like make this their home or like, you know, say it's not for me or whatever, or they're still undecided, you know, no pressure or whatever. And for me, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to go because I just remember like how big a part of my life faith was and how hard it is to talk, to be around that environment where almost everything related to faith, you're like, "Mm, yeah, I don't really, I don't really know about that. And I don't want to like alienate my friends or, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, I think you're stupid. Like, obviously the atheist person in your group thinks you're dumb. I'm sorry, but like, it's true, but we don't say it because we love you and we want that relationship with you more than we care about what your faith is. And so it's hard because I really want to connect with people, but it just, it's so triggering, right? You're like, all these bad experiences that you remember. And I don't know how to walk through, like if I was a Christian and I had somebody in my life like me, that's, that's my point in sharing this story is that what can you do? What can you say? Because if we had an answer, we would have given it, but we don't have an answer. And that's why it's so hard. And that lack of an answer, I just wish it would motivate more people to reevaluate their own faith, not in the sense of like, you know, like, do I just not believe in God? But more like, you know, what does that mean that these people aren't experiencing it? Like I'm going around telling people that God loves them, but, but then I just ignore these people because it's so hard and I don't want to face that, that cognitive dissonance, that real big challenge. I don't even talk to these people. Right. Because and I remember, I don't know, like when we're going up, like there's these people with questions and then, yeah, the questions are too hard. And then you kind of just start ignoring them. Like not me, but, but you see that church, right? It's like, yeah, okay, this guy, yeah, you know, like he's a little too difficult, right? It's like too run difficult. The other way, talk- run the other way. Yeah, it's like, what are you talking about too difficult? Like, how can you say you have faith if you can't not necessarily answer the question, but like have your own honest response to it instead of like, no, it doesn't exist or whatever. just running in fear. Like it's so stupid. And that's why it's hard to talk about because it's so uncomfortable. It makes you think like, what would I say to that person? Or like, how does that fit in with my view of God? And there isn't an answer, right? Or at least not a good one that I know of. And so I don't know how to, <laughs> to respond to that question in, in telling you like, hey, like I wish someone did this or someone did that. This is just one of those things where I feel like it boils down to like, you know, why do certain people have faith and why, why do certain people choose not to? And so for me, it's like, well, when confronted with the preponderance of evidence from my own personal experience in my life, I have to say, well, no. But another person in my position might say, you know, I'm going to choose to have faith. And I actually experienced that same kind of question or frustration as you guys do, but from the opposite end where I'm like, well, why would you choose to believe in this? This is ridiculous. This is so painful. And so like, there's so much evil and it's so whatever. Why would you, and I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. Right. And then that person has no idea why I would still choose to have faith. And so I think that's that really hilarious situation of people who want to help each other, but then they just can't, you know what I mean? <laughs> because the, the, the problem, the gap is just, it's too far. It's like this really basic value judgment that you have that is like whatever a priori knowledge or whatever you just why do you why do you believe what you believe nobody knows right and and changing it seems weird 
I have to say, like, I really do appreciate your honesty, Dan. And I, I feel like sometimes, even as you as uncovered as you have uncovered, I feel like sometimes there is that kind of lack of honesty. Like sometimes, yeah, you just don't have the answer. You don't have a good answer. And it's just be honest that I don't have an answer. <laughs> it yeah. is an answer, right? But it is. Sorry to uh but I, I just think that I just wish that, not that it has to, I just wish that it would provoke more of an introspective moment that's all like just stopping at like oh i don't have an answer i'm like that's probably a better answer than bs but at the same time like does it go far enough though does it really go far enough especially if you're like saying that god's good like yeah. we, we keep, it should make you feel uncomfortable right and in those spaces maybe it is you know i think i agree like i think it it should cause us to dig deeper and wrestle more and i think there is an importance of introspection and critical thinking and wrestling and yeah appreciate that i think it actually brings up a lot of good questions because i think some of the things you said were really insightful and i think were really helpful for us to hear in terms of like yeah i think some things need to get called out in in the context of our own faith in our own church because maybe it's it's too clear-cut or too like cleanly packaged that you know there isn't any room for us to kind of sit whether in that tension or to have a faith or religious system that can be able to include everyone who doesn't have an expression or an experience of God. And, you know, like even thinking through, you know, things that have happened in the Bible, right, in in the scriptural witness, where like in some of the Psalms, it's like the writers at the end of the Psalm is like totally distraught and there's no resolution, and then, like, you know, standing on the hill where, you know, when Jesus is, like, ascending, and it's like, uh, some people are there, but they're, like, kind of doubting when they're sitting there and watching it happen. <laughs> and so, it's like, you know what, maybe this does push us to kind of think, hopefully, in, in broader ways in which, like, you know, what does it mean for us to be having a faith that when we don't experience something, or, and what does that mean? Uh, I think you raise a lot of really, really good questions. and so. One of the things I think I want to kind of finish off with, you know, before we kind of wrap up today is, is actually, I wanted to ask you, you had mentioned several times in, in kind of your sharing, like, you know, there just wasn't that personal experience for yourself. Yeah. If in the future, if for yourself at one moment, you're like, I wonder if, like, if you just had this experience that you were expecting or that you could just identify as like, that's, I think that might be God. Like, would that change anything? Or for you, would it be still something that you're like, you know what, I have to take that in stride with everything else have I experienced in my history and my background, of course, and, you know, being in in the church. Like, what would that mean for you if you experienced something that, you know, in the future that made you wonder if, if it was God or not? Yeah, that is a great question. And I think that for me depends on, like how you see God, if that makes any sense. Like, I think, you know, the more modern interpretation of God is like a very relational God and versus just a God you serve. And I don't know what the case is. If it's just, you know, if God ends up being just a God that you need to serve to make happy, then he's God. So he's going to get whatever he wants. Right. But if he's a relational God that, you know, people describe him as, you know, like buddy Jesus, or, you know, not quite that far, but it, then, you know, in the context of that, like, it's, it's the same question as like, hey, your dad disappeared on you, doesn't give an F about you, shows up when you're like 50 and says like, hey, I'm here. Like, I want to be your friend. Like, how are you going to feel about that? Right. It's kind of a similar situation where it's like, well, what are you going to say? Like, you, 
you missed out on like 50 years of my life, dude, or like all these important things. You just weren't here for me. Like, why? What, what do you want from me? Like, what? This doesn't make any sense, right? Like, how? What? You can't just show up and demand and relate and expect a relationship. And this similar answer to that question is like, you know, if God just shows up one day, well, it's like, because of who they say you are, you're going to have to, a lot to answer for. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to answer those questions about you know, why you weren't there and all that kind of stuff, but they're going to be there. It's not like just a, a flip is switch, switched. And then I'm like, oh yeah, like, yeah, Jesus. It's, right. Cause it's relational, right. Or at least that's how we understand it nowadays. That was really good. I think it was actually very deep. It does connect to the human experience in a way that, you know, I think we don't often think about in terms of religion or faith, and especially in the, you know, in Christianity. And so I, I really appreciated your answer. Uh, that Thanks, reminds man. me of that Will Smith ep- episode where his dad came back and... The statue at the end. I don't, I don't remember that one. But... Oh, man. That's like like one of the most watched YouTube clips. <laughs> I'm just I cried, kidding. man. I cried. <laughs> yes. I, I, I can't animal. watch that. That's... <laughs> You know, I asked the question just because I, I was just curious how you would process through things, but you're absolutely right. You know, like, you know, there, there are all those questions lingering and can't be ignored. And so what do we do with that? And so I, I really like that. Yeah. And, and not to take up too much time, but I just want to say that because you're bringing up the Bible, terrible ending to the book of Job. It's, just, it's like Game of Thrones season eight. Okay, you're going through this book. Oh, that's There's bad. a list of complaints. Season eight it's, was so bad. <laughs> he's just, you know, all these challenges, all amazing deep questions about God. At the end of the day, the writers, you know, terrible allegory. They're like, God showed up and uh, Job was okay with it. They're like, what happened? None of the questions were answered. Nothing was resolved. How dare you write this? This is total trash. Like how it's, oh, you can't just be like, oh, and like, you know, Job, experience god and that was it and i'm like well how am i supposed to experience it you didn't describe anything so that's just my rant on joe it's okay george rr R. martin is so old maybe that's how he's going to wrap up the actual books and people are going to rage it's just going to be really bad you know he might have wrote job no i'm just kidding <laughs> you know what dan thank you so much for joining us today in this conversation i think what you had to say was really something we all needed to hear and something that we are continuing to think about as well from like perhaps a different perspective but you know i really appreciate you being so open and vulnerable to share your story and i did want to also give you one last chance to be like you know is there something that you wanted to say in terms of you know to people who have faith or to the church what would it be thank you so much for having me and really glad to share a story because i think it's important i think i just want to challenge people to practice empathy in the sense of you know what if it was you like, what if you did everything you could and you never experienced God? And think of like how painful that would be and like how long that process would be. And, you know, before you come up with a trained answer or whatever, just really think about that and challenge yourself because that other person you talk to is a human being just like you. And that could be you. So, you know, treat them with kindness and compassion and, and just understand that they're looking honestly for God. They're not looking for some random like platitude or whatever to make them feel better. And you might not have the answer and that's okay too. And it's okay not to have the answer because nobody has an answer for these things, but just don't, you know, try not to be fake and try not to be like dismissive of them because it could be you. That's so good. That's so good. I really appreciate it. 
your time, Dan, and your story. You know, I, I really do hope that, you know, as we share your story, that it would challenge people as a whole, you know, to think, to be introspective. And as you said, to, to empathize and to to kind of understand, you know, to, to walk pe- with people deeper, you know, as humans. And hopefully that it's also a challenge for the church. So thank you. Really do appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you so much, guys. It's an honor being here. And I just I hope, I hope this helps people. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It definitely will. And thank you guys so much for joining us today on this episode. What were some of those points that jumped out at you in Dan's story? How would you respond if someone you knew shared that with you? Or perhaps has that been part of your own journey? We'd love to hear what you think. Please comment or leave your feedback via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at contact.campodcast at gmail.com. That's contact.campodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear what you think. What's your feedback? And if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any part of the series. This also helps us to get this conversation out there and to engage with more people. Once again, you have been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.